Welcome to the Sundial Writer's Corner, one of WLRH's longest-running shows and greatest traditions. We feature poetry and prose submitted by talented Tennessee wordsmiths. I'm Dory Nutt, one of the program's producers. Today, we bring New Orleans native Cindy Small back into the spotlight, where she relates the story of the final resting place of Cha-Cha, the Queen of Barkas. Quincy, a famous New Orleans drag queen, felt like an elephant was sitting on his throat when his 20-year-old chihuahua, named Cha-Cha, passed on to her celestial transformation. Cha-Cha had mastered the art of guarding the rawhide bar while always on high alert, 24-7, throughout her bitter life. The sudden loss was mourned by all customers, even those wearing permanent bite marks. A black lace wreath with tiny pink paper rosebuds hung on the front door of the bar while a huge watercolor painting of Cha-Cha rested on an easel in the entryway. A tiny aqua leather silver-studded collar, rhinestone earrings, Cha-Cha's porcelain feeding plate, lavender votive candles, and her pink chenille bed were all reminders of her extended, surly, disagreeable life. A final resting place for Cha-Cha became a challenge. Quincy insisted she lay in peace with his other family members at St. Louis Cemetery No. 2 in New Orleans. A large above-ground tomb, caked with algae and peeling paint, along with a carved name, Brocado, was all part of the sun-bleached tomb. Generations of Quincy's family were buried inside that tomb. Quincy was very familiar with the cemetery since many of his evening drug deals were conducted there. The spot was strangely comforting for him. Quincy wrapped Cha-Cha up in bolts of lace lingerie remnants and placed her temporarily in a tarp in his basement freezer. This bought him time to think things out and make good burial decisions. Following several days of grieving, Quincy took Cha-Cha out of the freezer and into his car. He filled the back seat with gardening tools and an assortment of quilting needles. The cemetery was normally always busy with tourists' burials in progress. He picked an off time when the cemetery was vacant, right after dark, carrying his burlap bag of gardening tools to the location of his family tomb. Bending down on bony knees, he carefully took a razor-sharp knife from his canvas bag, and like slicing a piece of sheet cake, he began slowly cutting a finely shaped square into the lush St. Augustine grass. Once all four sides were meticulously carved, he gently lifted the moist square piece of sod and placed it on the side while holding the defrosting animal in his arms. He made certain none of the cemetery homeless folk noticed him. His red fingernails, carefully polished, Quincy placed Cha-Cha inside the finely dug hole. He positioned the swatch of sod over her ever so neatly. 
insistent that no one discover this was a final resting place for his beloved Cha-Cha, he took his quilting needles and began to weave each blade of grass around the square sod until it all became one. Quincy used manicure scissors, trimming any unwanted loose pieces of grass. Finally, the square-cut piece of sod blended perfectly with the lawn. Cha-Cha would now eternally be surrounded by family while awaiting Quincy's arrival in years to come. The rawhide bar was never the same without the sounds and smells of Cha-Cha. In less than a month, another dog named Jolene appeared without notice. She became the new custodian of the bar. Washed out white with patches of black spots, Jolene had hay-like strands of coarse hair extending from her round body. Quincy immediately enrolled her in the crew of Barkus, a dog-only Mardi Gras parade comprised only of canines who looped throughout the French Quarter each year. Wrapped in tangerine boas, Jolene clipped on the cobblestone streets proudly as she was destined to become a drag queen doggy. Plus, she was so proud to be part owner of a famous New Orleans gay bar. Jolene quickly became attached to Quincy and developed her own style of a she-devil temper. She followed his every move, learning how to snap and bitch easily at all customers. She was taught early in life the tools of the trade on how to become mean at all times and revere red beans and rice with andouille sausage, a typical New Orleans Monday meal. Soon, the bar's regulars would experience the bites and yowls of Jolene. Eventually, when grieving became easier, Quincy once again put on his leopard-skin leotards, chartreuse tutu, and sang Barbara Streisand tunes on top of the piano bar with his new co-owner. New Orleans native Cindy Small blew into North Alabama following Hurricane Katrina. Her resume lists degrees in journalism and historic preservation studies. You can hear Cindy's story again or any of the past stories and poems of Sundial contributors by going to our website, WLRH.org, and visiting the Sundial archives under the Programs tab. And you can count on a new episode of Sundial every Monday morning at 9 here on Huntsville Public Radio. 